Hey there, and welcome to the Boldly Engaged podcast, a United Way of Allen County production. United Way of Allen County exists to boldly impact critical community issues, and the four main priority areas we focus our work on include educational opportunities, food security, housing stability, and mental health access. We strive to provide comprehensive resources to our community so we can make Allen County a better place to work, play, and live. This podcast serves as a platform to highlight the changemakers in our community who are dedicated to making positive changes as they align with United Way's mission and our passion for taking bold action. The Boldly Engaged podcast is brought to you by the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. The AFL-CIO and the United Way share a common vision of prosperous, inclusive, and diverse communities where every member has access to a quality public education, fair wages, good jobs, and affordable and quality health care. everyone and welcome back. I'm Bree and I'm Laurel and we're your co-hosts for yet another episode of the Boldly Engaged podcast. Today we're back with more content about change makers here in Allen County as we highlight child hunger in the public school system with Jama Ross, executive director of Blessings in a Backpack. Absolutely. Thank you Jama so much for coming on to the show today. Um, if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up working as the executive director of Blessings in a Backpack. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So I've been a nonprofit in Fort Wayne for uh, almost 20 years. I'm going to age myself there. And I've always worked at organizations that I mean, they, they all did great work. Um, but both my previous organizations were global, multifaceted. And so when I made this change, I decided that I wanted to do something that was very focused on local community, making sure that all of our you know, fundraising distribution, all of it was done locally to really impact um, the kids that are in our community. And food insecurity is one that's always been very close to my heart. Um, I grew up you know, from a family that I didn't know that it was... Um, an issue because my parents always did their best to make sure that I had no idea mm-hmm. that that we were struggling. Um, I still have a great fondness for government cheese on grilled cheese sandwiches. Absolutely, um, yep. And having been a single mother uh, with children that uh, I had to struggle myself and being one of those also that struggled but never signed up for any kind of assistance because of the stigma associated with it. I, I realized firsthand what it is when you have to juggle, you know, a medical bill or groceries or food versus medicine. And it's something that is even more prevalent of an issue now. And so it's something that I knew was going to be something that was always giving me a challenge and something that I was always going to be able to find was a need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what Blessings in a Backpack does for Allen County? Sure. So the statistic was that, and the one we've used for years, is that 70% of kids in Fort Wayne community are struggling with food insecurity. Now, Every time I tell someone that, they're always like, oh, my gosh, it's so high. But that's actually a very outdated statistic Mm -hmm. with uh, what we're looking at for inflation, the soaring cost of groceries. We're much closer to a statistic of 80 percent. And in some of the schools we're in, it's as high as 95 to 98 percent. That's crazy. So if you can just imagine a school here in our community 
95% of kids don't know where or when their next meal is coming from. So we are in the top food insecure schools for Fort Wayne community. And what we do is every Friday, the kids open their backpack. We put a bag of nutritious food in their backpack that can sustain them until they're to school on Monday. So they're not going that whole weekend without being fed. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's very, it's just very simple. We, we feed kids to make sure that they're not starving over the weekends. We feed kids, we can't expect kids to be able to perform in the classroom if their basic need of being fed isn't Mm -hmm. being met. Yeah. Yeah. And so we do about 3,000 kids every weekend. Oh my gosh. With over um, 114,000 bags of food every school year. And that's just not something that you think about, really. You know, when you're thinking about kids going to school, you know, you're thinking about, oh, that's wonderful. They're going for their education. But you're not thinking that's probably the only place that some of these kids are getting food from is Mm -hmm. the school breakfast, lunches, things like that. And so that's that's wow. Yeah, that's That's crazy. crazy. Well, and when you when you really think about that basic human need, I, I think when we think of hunger, in the most basic form in, in our community. We think that we're past those Dickensian times mm-hmm. of the child with the bowl that doesn't have anything in it when it, it's all around us. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it's even more prevalent now in a lot of ways. We've just kind of become numb to it or blind to it where we think right. it's only happening in other places. Right, right. But it's it's very real here and it should be in my opinion. Obviously, I, I'm biased because I see it every day, but... Um, it, it should be the primary focus as we're talking about what children need and what our community needs to secure a future. And we talk about, again, we, we can't expect children to succeed in the classroom, but hunger is directly tied to uh, physical illness, mm-hmm. mental illness, yeah. uh, poor scholastics, um, poor attendance in school, self-esteem issues. Yeah. We have all of these huge issues and, you know, we feel like they're so big, we're like, how did how did this all start? How do we stop it? I really believe so many of those can be traced back to the fact that we are not feeding our children. Mm-hmm. And we can't expect, I mean, how can you expect a child to pursue their passions? How can you expect them to go out for sports? How can you expect mm-hmm. them right. to, if, if yeah. they don't have the energy? How do you expect a child to find their worth if they're seeing that their basic need isn't being met while they're seeing that we are living in a society where we have an abundance of food and we waste right. it. Yep. What message does that send to children about their own value and their own worth? Mm-hmm. So until we address this staggering issue of how many children are hungry in our community, we we can't really go after any of the other issues. We're, we're just building a house on sand. Right. And so we we have to face that that basic human need has to be met before we can really tackle any other issues that we're looking for yeah. our for our future mm-hmm. really yeah. to be able Absolutely. to build on that. Yeah. yeah. And I think you touched on something really important is is the stigma is people who have this, uh, you know, preconceived notion of what it means to be hungry. And then, like you said, too, about children having the self-esteem issues. Because right. if children are watching adults have this stigma, then that's telling them at a young age that, like, they can't communicate about this issue. And that's a problem. Right. And a couple things about that is uh, there are several reasons why people who need assistance don't apply for assistance. Mm -hmm. 
And if you look at the studies that have been done, where if a child is told this is this is you're being given a free lunch mm-hmm. and that's something to be ashamed of, the child will not eat it. Mm-hmm, so right. their fear of that stigma is even more powerful than that need of hunger. Right. That's astounding. Yeah. So when we go into a school and we're in seven schools right now with the the hope to expand and to get into every school. And the reason that it takes us a little bit longer is that when we are implemented in a school, every single child is in the program. Every child is fed. And that is so important to us because how damaging that stigma is. We don't want to make the line of have and have nots. We don't want to ask families, prove to us right. that you have the right to be fed, that your child has right. the right to be fed. Yeah. Instead, every child is fed. And every child doesn't have to worry about, I'm one of the ones mm-hmm. who is a have not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone's fed. Everyone goes home with food in their backpacks. I guarantee it's hitting all the ones that would not have had it otherwise, that right. would have needed it. Right. And if the, the biggest, if the biggest problem with our program is that we gave children extra food, I can sleep on my pillow. I can sleep with that at night. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, is Blessings in a Backpack only in Allen County, or do you guys do um, any work outside? So it's actually interesting the way that we're kind of structured. So the founder of our organization was really one of the architects of the national Blessings in a Backpack. So there is a national Blessings in a Backpack. However, um, he came back here, um, Mike and Gretchen Guloff, came back here and said, we want to create this just for our community. So we are completely our own 501c3. We do all of our own fundraising. We do all of our own budget. So uh, although we were founded by the same uh, presence as the national Mm -hmm. blessings in a backpack, we are completely our own. So when we say we are completely local, we are completely different, completely separate. So um, right now, the um, Indiana Blessings in a Backpack is just Allen County. Okay, Um, We have pretty big dreams (laughs) to to really expand. Uh, We just want to make sure that we are hitting all of our schools, Fort Wayne first, and then we're going out. Okay. And where does Blessings in a Backpack get the majority of their food that they're sending home with kids? Is that through donations? Is that through like grant funded dollars? How do you guys do that? Um, So it used to be a completely different operation before. I'm sure you guys have heard this over and over. COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you might have heard this before. COVID really had to change the Mm -hmm. way that Mm -hmm. um, we were structured. The way Um, life was structured. Right. I don't know if you guys have heard of this thing that really made everybody have to change the way that they operated for better or for worse. Um, But one of the things that and and it was for the better for us because not only did it make us have to say we have to find a different way to to structure the way that we're distributing food but it also had us take a step back and talk to um, the teachers and the facilitators in our school who were like, here are some problems with the way that you were doing it. Can we address this also? So one of the things was when you're packing for kids, hundreds of kids in the school every week um, and, you know, volunteers, no matter how many you have, there's going to be weeks that you just can't have enough to do all the work that needs done when it's Mm -hmm. a weekly basis. Teachers were having to do that. And they were like, it's maybe three hours to pack bags and Mm -hmm. three hours out of a teacher's time. I mean, they're already so thin. Yes. Yep. Um, 
So we found that with COVID, not only could we address this by getting bags pre-packed, um, but we also found that that was really helping the teachers out, that instead of everybody having to go and pack bags for hours, they could just have a box arrived with bags pre-packed. They mm-hmm. open the bag or they open the box and they just grab out as many as they need for their kids, stick it in their backpacks. Good to go. Good to go. Gotcha. Um, it did mean that that was a little bit more um, money on our end <laughs> to have mm-hmm. to make that happen. But if that meant that the teachers were having to do less, right. then we thought that that was an investment. So primarily, all of that food that we purchase is through the generosity of donors, through okay. foundations, and through um, private donations. Gotcha. And fortunately, because we're a small local nonprofit, um, we really don't have a great deal of overhead. I mean, we have, believe it or not, we are majority volunteer based, so we have only one staff member. Uh, that's me. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, even our office space is donated. Mm-hmm. So, oh, great. right. So when you're looking at our budget, you'll just see, like, if you're looking at a pie chart, it's just all food, 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 yeah. food, 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 admin. Yeah. <laughs> so, so whenever dollars are coming in, it's directly going to food cost. Sure. So okay. again, that's one of the great things about being part of a small local nonprofit is you really get to see that money is directly going to food. That's great. That's great. What kind of food do you guys give out in these in these bags? Yeah, oh. could you tell us what like the typical uh, bag consists of? Uh, you guys are my favorite people. Like <laughs> we didn't we didn't even discuss like how this was a great thing to discuss, but you were hitting like yeah. every single point <laughs> that I was really excited to talk about. Um, so this is a topic that as we go back to what does hunger look like in our community, or what do other people perceive mm-hmm. hunger looks like? So again. Prior to COVID, we were really doing more of like food pantry bags. Yep. Okay. So like rice or um, and not saying like, oh, rice is a luxury, but like things that right. were going to require an adult come in or a child is old enough mm-hmm. to work an appliance. Right. So. Well, the other thing about that, too, that we I mean, we deal with that in our own food drive is that's also making the assumption that somebody has the availability of a stove or of a microwave, which isn't always the case. So what we were finding was that teachers were telling us that the um, the walkways of the school that led out into the neighborhoods were being littered with like bags of rice or with like the skillet sauce right so they were and we were like well we know these kids are hungry we know that they need this why would they just throw cans of food out Mm -hmm. and what we discovered was exactly that that a five-year-old given a bag of rice if they don't have an adult in the house that's willing or able to prepare this, right. it, it's useless to them. Right. Right. If they don't have a can opener, right. if they don't have utilities that are working in the house to run mm-hmm. a stove, if they don't have a stove or if they have, you know, if they don't have appliances that right. we just think everyone has, mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't. Right. And so when we really think about what is hunger, what does that look like? So we really had to make sure that we were thinking of when we thought of what ch- what children were eating out of these bags. Could it be something that they could get nutrition from without having to have an adult in the home that was willing or able to prepare a meal mm-hmm. if their utilities were shut off, if they didn't have a microwave or right. a stove? So everything in our bags is instantly consumable regardless of what age they are. There's, there's not prep involved in it. 
And we do work with a nutritionist to make sure that okay. it's not just, you know, here's a chocolate bar. Right, you know? right. So it's things that are like high in protein, um, for instance, um, the apple juice packs, mm-hmm. um, whole wheat crackers, cereal bars. Mm-hmm. Um, they love the beef jerky sticks. Mm-hmm. So things, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. that um, and again, like I'm, I'm a big advocate of farm to table and, you know, the the good things that can come from when you have like fresh produce. Um, but we're really thinking of the kids that don't have that person that right. can help them with that. And we want to make sure that we are filling their tummies as well. So I think if everybody in the community played their part, like if, you know, there are also groups out there that are really trying to teach people how mm-hmm. to be more effective in cooking and how to cook right. nutritionally, that is very important. Our focus, however, will always be on the kid that doesn't have that person with them right. mm-hmm. and making sure that we're filling that tummy while we're waiting to hit that point where right. everybody has that person right. in there with them. Right. Ideally, it would be great if you were sending home bags of fresh food that could be turned into meals. But like you said, that's right. just not that's just not the case. So what's really important is making sure they have something. Right, right. What, you know, whether that's considered, you know, by certain people's standards, whether that's considered healthy or not, it's food. Right. And that's what matters. Right. And I mean, we we go back and forth a lot, too, with like, is, is the bag big enough? Does it consist of everything they would need for several meals over the weekend? And I just don't think it'll ever be enough. I don't right. think it'll ever be what I what I wish it could be for right. every child. And sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, is it enough, number one, to supplement them? Is it nutritional enough? That And the answers are always yes. And are we okay with where it's at in order to make sure that we're reaching even more tummies, that we're able mm-hmm. to expand? And that's something that I'm very comfortable with on all of those levels. I think there's always areas for us to improve. And like I said, there's there's never going to be enough that I feel like children deserve. Yeah. Right. I don't think that will ever hit that bar. Yeah. But I'm really happy with our organization and what we can do to play our part to make sure right. that the most vulnerable yeah. know that they're being fed. Right. So you had mentioned that you are in seven schools, correct? Right. Are those all elementary schools? They are. They so are. So are you guys, are, do you have any plans to try and branch out into like middle, high school, we anything d- like that? We do. We do. Um, so one of the things that um, we're actually doing this summer is for the first time, our organization is going to be functioning year round. So okay. it used okay. to be that, you know, summer uh, summer came and our organization kind of paused. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah, yeah. and it was, yeah. and it, it made sense that because we were like, okay, so this is when we start to plan our fundraisers for the fall. Mm-hmm. This is when we kind of take stock, like so, right? But but it might also be one of the biggest needs because kids aren't in school. There you go. So, so they have no food. And so the question I I had when I became the executive director was. Well, hunger doesn't stop mm-hmm. when school lets out. So mm-hmm. why do we? And our board and I bragging moment for a second. I have the most amazing supportive board um, in the history of nonprofits. And they all said, you know, we would love to do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely support it. Um, but how? Mm-hmm. Because if school is out and we are distributing from these schools, where where do they come to get right. it? Yeah. So we were fortunate enough that Allen County Public Library said, you know what, Mm -hmm. we already partner with 
um, to do a feeding program during the week. People, the kids come to our program and we're able to distribute meals to them while they're here. We don't have anything on the weekends. Great, they have eight citywide locations. Most of them are accessible by bus route. And the kids are already all going there Mm -hmm. from a lot of these schools. And they had said, uh, so also we're pre-K and we are into high school included. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great. (laughs) We definitely don't want to be just elementary school. So so during the summer, we are completely expanding past elementary school, including high school. Um, We'll see how it goes. Um, What I'm hoping is, is that it's so many people, it's so many kids that I have to go work harder (laughs) to get, you know, because we're looking at, you know, thousands that Mm -hmm. are going to be fed over the summer. And I can't wait once people really find out that we can come here and our kids can be fed throughout the weekend. I can't wait to see how that explodes. This is incredible. It's it's really exciting. I'm I'm super, as you can tell, I'm, I'm super pumped to see because I, I do believe that every age, you know, it, it is necessary in pre-K. It is needed in middle school. It is needed in high school. Um, but because our, our philosophy of taking on that entire school and making sure that we're not giving into that stigma just to say that we have all these numbers is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing during the school year we're going to keep true to. Yeah. And believe me, I would love to have a sponsor for every school mm-hmm. so that we can just keep bringing on schools. Yeah. And then we could be like, great, we've got all the elementary schools. Let's head in the middle schools. Yeah. Right. Got all those. Let's head in the high schools. And I do believe we will get there. Yeah. Um, for now, we're going to say we're in these schools through elementary during the school year all of allen county during the summer yeah and let's just see where it explodes from there yeah do you anticipate the numbers for like the summer to just like skyrocket from what you're doing now sure do (laughs) i didn't know if you guys had like some like data or something that you know you've kind of anticipated for that but i can imagine well just in what we've seen um what happens in the schools that we go into uh, you would just be blown away by the statistic of, you know, we give out food every Friday. Mm-hmm. The statistics, I, I'm trying to remember that I think it's 80% of an increase. Um, it's in the 80s, so don't don't quote me on the exact. <laughs> it's in the 80s that attendance increased in the 80 percentile of kids that were then there on Friday because they knew oh my if they showed up on yep, Friday, getting they would be fed the over the weekend. Wow. And that's something, I mean, nationally, yeah. backpack programs are finding. Yeah. So when we were talking to um, Allen County Public Libraries, they were saying what our anticipation is, is that once people learn Friday is the day to be here to mm-hmm. make sure you're getting fed throughout the weekend. Yeah we're just going to have a huge surge once the mm-hmm. word gets out. And I said, we absolutely expect that from what we've seen in schools. And not only that, attendance Mondays had a huge increase also. Yeah. Because what was happening before is Fridays would come, the kids would go all weekend without eating, and they didn't have enough energy to come on to, come on to on make Monday. to school on Mondays. Yeah. So not mm-hmm. only was attendance increasing on Fridays, attendance was increasing on Mondays. So yeah. that may be something that we see also for these programs for Allen County Public Library too. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting to see the difference. Yeah. It just ripples mm-hmm. in so many areas. So it's really exciting to that's, see what's gonna happen. That's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if if you were seeing like an increase in, in kids, at, you know, having more energy, having more, you know, attention in class, wanting to be in the classroom more after they've been fed. So that's, that's really interesting that they're, you know, coming in on Monday and being 
you know, ready to be there, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a direct correlation to testing scores. It's a reason that they yeah. they so strongly uh, advocate for having breakfast before you go into um, you know, the, the state standardized testing mm-hmm. or um, they're less likely to repeat a grade if they're yeah. being fed throughout the weekend. Yeah. And so that, I mean, like I said, there's just so many areas that are affected mm-hmm. um, for the positive when we're feeding our kids in this way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that also like applies to high school students, especially, you know, those are those years where they're starting to take those big tests, getting ready to go to college. And, you know, if they're hungry, those things are going to be affected. So that's mm-hmm. I'm really glad to hear you guys are, you know, wanting to address that well, in the future. That's great. The The other area that we've really focused on is the, the mental aspect that food insecurity takes a toll on. And something that we came up with was a new program called Believe Bags. Mm -hmm. And it's when I became the executive director, one of the things that it's, it sounds corny, but I'm like, we're feeding the stomach. What are we doing for feeding the soul? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't sound corny. Okay. thanks. thanks, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But something that we talk about a lot at our organization is filling a seat at the table and I can tell you, as um, a very awkward child growing up, like as opposed to now, right? Um, I often sat at empty tables mm-hmm. <laughs> of just being by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes on a whole different meaning when you're sitting at a table that's empty because you also don't have anything to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Part of our Believe Bag program is reminding these kids that we are there filling a seat at their table, meaning Mm -hmm. that we, regardless of what's happening in their home life, like not only do we want to feed them, but we believe in their dreams. We believe that they're valid and we believe in their worth. And so anytime that there's um, kind of an enhanced place of kids looking around saying like, I'm seeing others with an abundance that I'm lacking, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure to do a little extra. Mm -hmm. So like back to school time, Thanksgiving, fall Mm -hmm. break, Christmas time, we're gearing up right now um, for Valentine's Day. So Mm -hmm. anytime that kids may feel just a little bit more left out, we want to make sure that we're sitting at their table with them. So we partner with a lot of different places that do a little extra. So like it's a gift bag. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes we'll do socks in yeah. there. Sometimes, so it doesn't always have to be food. Right. But just a little extra like, hey, we're here. We're rooting mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. We really believe in you. Right. And there's always a little message in there like, you know, hey, we're rooting for you as you come back to school or mm-hmm. we're sending warm hugs even though it's cold outside. Like right. just to, to reestablish like, yes, we're feeding you, but we also really Care. truly believe. Right. Mm-hmm in who you are. Yeah. And so I just I think that you you can't fight one without the other, yeah, right? It's I agree. you have to feed and you also have to just keep reinstilling that like we're here for you and we yeah. truly believe in who you are regardless of whatever might be happening at home. That's wonderful. And and you know kind of like we touched on before, if they're reading those notes, that might be the only place they're getting that encouragement from. So that is so so important to have. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is a story that you can feel you can feel free to cut this for time <laughs> later. <laughs> but um, when I was I, I was a caseworker at uh, one of those the organizations that I talked about before, and we had these we had a youth center, and a lot of the families the kids that came there were from families who were um, struggling with poverty, 
And we would do things like cooking classes. And I had these three boys and they were like, that's that's a woman's job is cooking. And I'm like, great. Oh, no. (laughs) Guess who's going to make brownies with me? (laughs) So I took them down to the kitchen and I made them put on the aprons. And, um, you know, we're 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 making stuff and it's just like a box mix. And one of them cracks open an egg and goes, oh, this is what the inside of an egg looks like. High school kid. Oh, my gosh. Had made it through his whole life without seeing the inside of an egg. Now, again, like my idea of of food insecurity was nowhere where it was it is now. So I was like, you have seen the inside of an egg before. Stop messing with me. And yeah. he's like, I've this is serious, seriously the first time I've ever seen one. And I'm like, what about your mom doesn't make eggs? And he's like, my mom doesn't get out of bed in the morning. Oh. And I didn't, you know, I didn't pry to say, like, well, what do you mean by there's just there's a lot of reasons that could be. Right. Um, And then the other the other young man said, we don't have a stove to cook eggs on. Yep. And then uh, the other one's like, I don't think I've even seen eggs in my refrigerator. So right then I really realized, like, oh, this what I see as poverty is completely different. Mm -hmm. And years later years later we were driving home my family was driving home vacation and i got a text saying um i really hate to do this but could have you seen the you know wayne tv's post yet and i looked it up and uh they had said that there were three young men that were found in an abandoned house um drug guilt obviously gone wrong uh executed oh my gosh and they were those were the boys oh my gosh that sat in that kitchen with me and you know there were lots of comments about uh, you know, they were gangbangers like of course you know they were thugs and I'm like and you know what it it doesn't matter if it, if any of that was true or not the fact is is that what what choice did these kids have like yep. we weren't even feeding them like they weren't even going home to a place where their basic needs were met they were on their own to try to survive as children what did they have to do to, to find their worth and mm-hmm. their value. And like I said, this is what I mean when I say there are these huge issues and this is where it all stems from. Yep. They were kids that were told that they didn't have any value. They weren't even worth feeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the result. And we'll just yeah. keep seeing it over and over again until this wow. basic needs addressed. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's, that's a really great point. And, um, Really sad. Really sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do what I can to come on here and really uh, depress us. <laughs> really lift up the. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, that's why we're doing this, though, so that we can talk about these issues that are being discussed. We want to tell these stories, yeah. Yeah. Because and it's, it's it, like you said, it's not happening in a city far away. It's not happening in another country. It's happening in our city and it's happening to our children. And we owe it to them to at least talk about it and raise awareness about it. And there's so many, there's so many good things to you. I mean, I could, I could obviously sit here and tell, God, I'm such, so negative. I could tell you so many good stories about kids who have grown up getting blessings and who have come back and become teachers and sure. you know then yeah. their kids are enrolled in the program and like you see the ripple effects that way um mm-hmm. that that would honestly that story is what really drives me yeah. of just remembering why we do this and what can Absolutely. happen if we fail to um but i mean just 78 percent of kids that have our are in our program say that they feel more value to themselves because they feel that they're helping their own family mm-hmm 
by having this that they bring yeah. home. So, I mean, it's there are lots of great things that come from the program. Yeah. I definitely don't mean to just like pause on the negative, but again, it's just it shows us how important it is that mm-hmm. we remember yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jema, in your career, in your experience, time as executive director, what is one piece of advice or just something you'd like to share with anybody listening to us today about about this particular issue? Oh, gosh, there's just one piece. Mm-hmm. I think, well, hopefully if you've, if you've uh, been listening for this long of it and you're still with me, um, hopefully you've already soaked up quite a few pieces. So I would say one that I haven't touched on is just uh, the basic the basic reminder that we like take from Anne Frank of how wonderful it is to know that you don't have to wait to change the world. Yeah. That even if you can do just a little bit, you are still making a difference. And I think yeah. that we get so wrapped up in feeling like our problems are so big and we're so tiny in the great scale of things that we just feel like it, it won't make a difference. Right. You know, right. Whether it's like yeah. my one vote isn't going to make a difference. Yep. My five dollar donation isn't going to stop this from happening. And I think if everybody really just took a piece of I could do my part, mm-hmm. that's where the difference happens. So just right. a reminder to everybody that you and your piece mm-hmm. are right. just as powerful and just it's we need it. And we need everybody playing their part right. to make a change in this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we urge our listeners out there to stay informed about what's going on here in our community and to get involved with local nonprofits, whether that's through giving, advocating, or volunteering. And here at United Way, we love to promote changemakers like JAMA and Blessings in the Backpack to address prevalent issues like food insecurity in children. And donations from the community are what make that work possible. Yeah, absolutely. And one last question for you, JAMA, before we wrap up here. How much does it cost to provide like a, a child meals sure. for the weekend? You know, if people were thinking about, like you said, their $5 donation, how much does it cost? It is $3.15 to feed a kid for the weekend. Wow. For the whole weekend. Whole weekend. $3.15. $3.15 is what we've got it down to thanks to <laughs> thanks to um, a dis- uh, volunteer um, distribution yeah. process, thanks to um, the power of being able to buy bulk from um, our distributor. Like we are down to three dollars and fifteen cents for that supplemental bag through the weekend. So, if you can just think, one hundred and twenty dollars feeds a child for the whole year or a year. So your five dollars really does matter. It does. Yeah. And every time I have someone who says. Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't do more. I'm like, do you realize that you've just fed another tummy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and for that one tummy, I mean, come on, that's that's a huge yeah. deal. That's a whole child. That's a whole kid. Yeah. You know that you've taken care of. Yeah. Well, so, and and the grand scale, like I said, we're always looking for people who can help support schools, like. People even think small scale is, you know, 30,000 or people are like, oh, it was just a 30,000 grant. And I'm like, that is an entire school fed for a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is incredible to think yeah. that we could take that money that may seem like a drop in the bucket and you've just fed an entire school for a year. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. 
Absolutely. Well, and also, like you had said before, feeding that child, even if you are feeding one child for a year, you know, that $120, you're also helping their physical growth, you're helping their mental growth. So it's so much more than just feeding them. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's so important. Yeah. So whether it's $3.15 for one child for the weekend or $120, to feed one child uh, for an entire school year, you can make a donation to Blessings in a Backpack on their website at blessingsindiana.org. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us, Jama. This is a wonderful conversation. You shared so much, you know, incredible stuff, not just the depressing stuff. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I just want you to know that was not the takeaway for me. Yeah, like, happy to hear that. that. That story really does, I mean, it hits, it hits you emotionally, which is what it, it should. Absolutely. You should not hear that story and not Mm -hmm. feel anything you know that's so it's really incredible but the work that you guys are doing is very positive so you did not depress us don't worry thanks so much for coming on (laughs) thank you so much we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today no thanks for all you guys do and for the awareness that you keep bringing to so many different issues and i mean not just and not just us but so many different causes are so important. And like I said, everybody plays their part. Right. And I appreciate Absolutely. you guys t- doing what you can to make sure that everybody is doing their part in every area. And Great. we appreciate you. Yes. Thank you, Jama. Thanks. And stay tuned now for a quick segment from the CEO of United Way of Allen County, Rob Hayworth. He's going to have a quick uh, talk about the episode sponsor. Thank you. Bree, Laurel, another great job with today's podcast and highlighting food security in Allen County with our last episode and the food bank work at Associated Churches and today's episodes with Blessings in a Backpack. Jama, thank you for your service. What an important mission for Blessings in a Backpack. Just knowing the number of children who need life-sustaining nutrition should make us all take a step back and ask what we can do to combat hunger in our community. Thank you for mobilizing our community and its resources to provide food for our school-aged children who might otherwise go hungry. Also, a special thank you for the Northeast Indiana chapter of the AFL-CIO for sponsoring our podcast. The Northeast chapter has 31 affiliated local unions, ranging from local firefighters 124, to the Iron Workers 147, to the Millwright Local 1076. Today's labor movement advances the hopes and aspirations of all working people to build a stronger, more equitable community through good jobs that pay families supporting wages. The United Way of Allen County has been supporting our neighbors and families for over 100 years. And for 75 years, the United Way and labor have enjoyed a cooperative relationship to which we provide a network for labor and their families. We thank the Northeast Chapter for its support of the podcast and United Way. And again, thank you, Jama, Bree, Laurel, for challenging us all to boldly engage.